Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone, welcome to the third Halloween special of Is This Place Haunted? Um, I believe it is. is it is. Right? Always is. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lauren. Nice to meet y'all. Lauren, how are you? As if I've not asked you that three times so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brilliant actually, considering it's a Monday. And I'm off this week. Um, well, I'm off Wednesday, Thursday this week, which I'm oh, excited about. Good. And tell me, what are you doing? So it's Lauren's birthday on Wednesday before this comes out. Not much, to be honest with you. I didn't make any plans this year because I couldn't be asked. Um, Fair. but my, I'm spending time with my family exclusive, exclusively on Wednesday. So I'm gonna think my, me. Oh, actually, no, I'm going to a tarot reading. Stop. Yeah. Where? Um, somewhere local. We were gonna go to this like extravagant um place like nearby, but um I couldn't be bothered doing like the full sesh because it's like a, it's like you you're there for an over an hour and I thought I'll just go local so I'm gonna do a tea was it tea reading and tarot and get coffee and I'm gonna go with my mum and I think my sister in law which is nice oh, lovely yep and then my nephew and my brother and and that are coming up in the evening to have a burger we're gonna have burgers. Random? Was that your choice? It was my choice. I, w- I was like, I want to make homemade McDonald's. I love it. Mm-hmm. So we're having that, and then we're going to watch a spooky film that I like. What spooky film? Well, actually, I see spooky. Um, I want to watch Practical Magic. So it's not spooky at all. <laughs> I've not seen that. <gasps> Babes, have you not? No. It's like one hundred percent up your street. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually shook that you haven't seen it. You, you would love it. It is sugar. Yeah. Well, I can't believe how fast I can't believe how fast <laughs> this year, comma month has gone. 
I can't believe you, yeah. you and Adele are going to be here next week. Oh my god, is that next week? Can we on Friday? <gasps> oh my god, that, that is, is soon. Nice. Um, so it's so exciting, and that is going to be like I am going to have fully grey hair after that weekend because we're doing the Crumlin Road Jail, and then I'm doing this fright night thing on a Sunday where they like people, apparently people, people like chase you with chainsaws around amazing shit. Oh my god, that sounds so scary. I couldn't do that, you know. I think you could. I think you could. You've got quite big balls with stuff like that. <laughs> I I suppose, yeah. Um, I probably would actually do that right enough, but I would I be scared. <laughs> if you were here still, I would 100% like I've said, we're going to go, but you, you'll be away by the time it's on. Um, so yeah, we've got lots of fun Halloween plans and we're going to dress up for it. So I think I might go as um, a girl from The Purge again. I did that last year. It was quite fun. Oh. That was a really good outfit, actually. Mm, so I'll do that, but this is just the best month. It is. I'm actually so I, so blessed because when I was young, um, and it actually mattered, the October week always was on my birthday. Yeah. So I would have, like, my birthday week off. I'm still lucky. And it's still the same today, but it doesn't matter as much because I've got to work like an adult. But my sister's you know I mean? the same because these are two days apart. That's right. So... She was Exciting. always off, and I was always like the first or second day back at school. Always, I was never off for my birthday. Oh, babe, sorry. But I've never worked my birthday, so <laughs> I'm making up That's for my adult life. <laughs> that is that is fair, um. But no, I'm looking forward to this week. And is your sister doing anything wild? Um, I'm going home, so I'm gonna go home for the weekend, and we're gonna do a wee family thing. So that'd be very nice. I'm gonna carve pumpkins with my niece, uh, see if my nephew wants to do anything. It's just the best time of year. It's just the best. It's so good. I was thinking about. Um, I said to my sister-in-law, I was like, "Why don't we take Eli, my nephew? <laughs> why don't we take him pumpkin choosing this year for the first time? Even though he's a baby, and it doesn't matter. But like, I thought it would be a really cool thing to do. So." We might do that. Yeah. My niece did that and she cried. She was really scared of the pumpkins. Was she? <laughs> I can see why, to be fair. <laughs> I think it was quite a lot of um, overload, but no, that would be cute. I mean, even just selfishly for the cute photos of him in a pumpkin patch. Yeah, and I, also I love it. Like, I do miss doing that sort of thing with kids and stuff. Like, <laughs> not that I just used to gather up children and, like, go myself or whatever, but... I do miss pumpkin picking, so I might do it this year with my new nephew. I know, it's so Oh, and it's his first birthday on Friday. He's two days after me as well. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Okay. Lovely week. It'll be a lovely week. Um, Well, are we ready to go into this week's episode? 100%. Let's do it. This week, for me, is a lot lighter than the last episode I researched. That was hard because lord jesus and the amount of messages we've had been like that was really really scary and i'm like imagine imagine researching that but actually do you know it's done now it kind of went out my brain i was kind of like i'm not even going to let this get close to me <laughs> like i'm just going to research read it out and that's it um but it just felt darker is there is there more serial killers that have come back from the dead Probably. Could, I mean, we was, could, we, could we do a follow-up? We absolutely could, yeah, if, if people liked it. 
think they did. I had a I had a comment from someone um at work actually that messaged me about it as well. So it was a very popular episode. Mm -hmm. It does look like it has been. Um, glad you liked it. I uh, hope I haven't traumatized people. Also, slightly hope I kind of have <laughs> because it's spooky, man. Spooky. So this week, if you clicked on the episode, um, I'm going to go into the kind of history of Halloween, all pagan stuff, Lauren. You're going to love it. I love it. Very nearly did a two-party episode, but it was just too much work. But I was going to do a second half on something completely unrelated, on McKamey Manor. Do you What's know that? that that haunted house I told you about that actually is just like torturing people? Yeah that i was like holy shit loads of stuff starting to come out about it so i was going to do half the episode on that but it was it's just too much for one episode to do that so it's definitely on my agenda but if anybody wants to go down the rabbit hole there's this like it's called a haunted house attraction it's not haunted it's basically like eh, you have to sign a waiver to say you can be tortured physically and like you're doing this at your own risk and you have medical insurance and blah 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 and basically, like, this guy, like, legally tortures people. Like, they've had their fingernails pulled out. People have had tattoos done. They've had their hair shaved. Like, they get put in, like, coffins and put underground. Why would is, anyone do that? I, do you know what is the wildest fact? 27,000 people are on the waiting list to do it. Would I fuck, by the way? See, anyone goes anywhere near my nails. Honestly, oh, There was lots of people have been injected with stuff. It is wild and he has these videos like of like skate experiences and I am just like any person like I can't I can't watch them. Any person that can watch them or like he's like smiling as this is happening to people, like you are a psychopath. Yeah, that seems that should be illegal, I think. To I can't believe it's not. And I like there's a been a change petition. I think it was like two three years ago it was made and it's caught like nearly two hundred thousand signatures but just nothing's been done wild. so there there probably is going to be a rabbit hole episode about that coming up from me at one point because it's just wild and um there's quite a few good podcast episodes about it it's crazy it's and where is it about so i think there's i believe there's one in tennessee and one in alabama so there, there's two places that do this type of stuff. That's crazy. And the actors are like people who do the torturing as well. Oh my God, I've never signed up for anything like that. That's too far. That's too far. And it's you don't have to pay anything. All you need to do is donate dog food to the, I think it's like a local dog shelter. So he's not making money from it. It's purely like the kick of torture people probably. Well, that's nice that they do something for the dog. So to be fair. People are just like, he is literally like a guy, like a total sadist that's like torturing in plain sight, but he's doing it consensually because they sign up to get, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Oh my God. I I need to look this up. Mm -hmm. Go down the rabbit hole. Maybe no before sleep because too much. <laughs> too much. There, should, there must be TikToks about it as well. I can watch oh, there it will be. There will be 100%. And I probably will do an episode on it because... I like going down the rabbit hole. But nonetheless, this week's happier. This week's all about All Hallows Eve and Halloween and the kind of old traditions about it. And it's actually really interesting. I really enjoyed researching this episode and I hope you guys do too. There's a lot that I was like, oh, I love this Scottish. Yes. I love it. Scotland is everywhere. 
I know, but just, it's probably from all the colonization from the UK. <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless. Sorry. History, so sauce, guys. Um, so I also love the episode on American Horror Story that's called All Hallows Eve. It's the episode on Coven. Do you know where all the dead come to life? Yes, I know that. I love that series, by the way. It's my second fave after Asylum. I love Asylum as well, actually. But I still think Coven's my favourite because it's so stylized. Like, I love it. Do you know what I love about Coven? Yeah. Do you know the first episode when, what's her name from Six Feet Under or whatever? I can't remember her name in it, but she's the Balenciaga or whatever. You know, when she goes to pick up the young girl on the train and stuff. Fabulous. Yes. Love it. Is that is that Francis Conroy? Is that Francis Conroy? Stunning, stunning queen. queen. Um, I couldn't watch the bits where she got burned alive, though. I know, but it was funny when she shouted Balenciaga. Yeah, no, she's an icon. But as we know from our previous episodes from our past life, I can't watch that. Oh God, yeah. Do, do you know the the only thing about American Horror Story, and I have to say this is this is actually relevant to every single season. The first five or six episodes, buzzing, amazing, and you're like, "Where's this gonna go?" And then it just goes ape shit at the end of every season. You're just <laughs> like, like oh, oh, never saw this one that way. <laughs> I I'm not, I don't watch it anymore, and I'm certainly not going to be watching this season with Kim Kardashian in it. No, fuck that. Who cares about her? No, we're going to be on our high horse here, guys. <laughs> I am. I'm going to high horse all of that. And you know me, I am a slag for reality TV. Same. I fucking love it. But I'm sorry, Kardashians just don't do it for me. I've never watched it, never will. I just I just think that, like, I think with Housewives, there's almost like a, an acknowledgement that they are ridiculous. Yeah. Not so much that with the Kardashians. They're more like idolized and i'm like these people are so thick yeah yeah i mean you know the only thing i'll say is imagine bringing out a sex tape and then finding yourself a billionaire 20 years later or 10 years later however long it was mental what does it say about society and sonia still can't sell that fucking townhouse i know literally. literally um well let's have a wee chat about all hallows eve so Halloween has lots of different names, so it's we would call it Halloween, but sometimes it's Halloween with a little apostrophe between the E's. But less commonly, it's called All Halloween, All Saints Eve, or All Hallows Eve. And this is obviously celebrated on the 31st of October, which is the eve of the kind of westernised Christian feast day called All Saints Day. And it observes the, the time that is called All Hallowtide, And this is a time in the year that is basically dedicated to remembering and praying for the dead. Which which sounds sounds depressing, but but stay with me. Um, So you would pray for kind of passed on people who I think were burnt baptised a lot of the time or anyone passed on or anyone dead, saints, martyrs, all of those people who have departed from this physical life. And a lot of Halloween traditions, especially ones we would know today, are influenced by Celtic harvest festivals, particularly the Gaelic festival Samhain. Is that, am I saying that right? Uh, yes, I think you are actually. Mm-hmm. Sam, Samhain, yeah. Samhain. Yeah, yeah. So that also has pagan roots. Um, I'm going to go in more depth about all of these, but this is just a quick uh, Cliff Notes version and then we can get onto the good stuff. Um, so 
Sam Hain has been suggested that it's been Christianized and became All Hallows Day, along with its Eve by the early Christian church. Other academics have said that Halloween began solely as a Christian holiday, but it's been celebrated in Ireland and Scotland for centuries and Irish and Scottish immigrants were the ones who basically took Halloween to North America in the 19th century, which is so recent when you think about it. I know, I know, it's wild. And then obviously American influence has now changed it and the Halloween as we know is quite different to what it was then, but all I'm going to say is, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Welcome, guys. It's funny. It's funny because um, I get, do you go into the pumpkin versus turnips over here? Do I go into it? Mm-hmm. Oh, on this on this episode, I thought you meant every year, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> do you get into that yes. debate? <laughs> yes, I do touch on it. But yes, originally it was turnips for uh, it was neeps for us, wasn't it? Neeps, yeah, because that's what we still do here in this house. We don't always. I love that. Mm-hmm. But it smells better. It does actually. It's fabulous. Um. So I'm going to talk first about guising, which is a very Scottish word. So guising is what we would call trick or treating, which I feel like it is used less now. But we used to call it guising when I was young. Did you call it guising when you were young? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So in the Celtic nations, the queen kings of nations, Scotland and Ireland, guising basically involves children going from door to door in a disguise. And they would, in traditional times, be given a gift. So this could have been apples, nuts, coins, or food. More recently, obviously, that's kind of became chocolate and sweets. But the name guising derives from disguises that were worn by the children from the costume. And in Western Scottish dialect, guising is known as galoshans. I've never heard that, but we're not from the West, so you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and in Scotland, young children used to go house to house in white and they would be masked and painted with white or blackened faces and they would say rhymes and they would often threaten to basically be naughty if they did not get their Halloween gifts, which is not cool. Not cool. No, it's not cool. Neither is the blackface not cool with any of that. Glad we came a long way. But this goes back to as early as the 16th century. And there's been sessions documented that in 1623, people were dressing up as geysers. Um, and also at this point, six men were seen to have performed a sword dance and they were wearing masks and visors covering their faces and they were actually fined 40 shillings each. So wasn't it really worth it? <laughs> I remember when I used to go out geysing where I used to live up the road, and um, I used to have to take my cornet with me to play the cornet to my neighbours as a tr- as like a performance as your for- as your trick or treat as your yeah yeah I rocked out a, a, a by the way a cornet is like a trumpet for anyone that doesn't know brass and I used to have to perform in front of all the neighbours like that's com- that is commitment no it's you earned that that mini Mars bar <laughs> I did you earned every bite of that Milky Way. On a side note, my niece is only three and she like is getting excited about Halloween. She's going to room on the broom, which is a witch. And uh, she's learned, trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something nice to eat. So she keeps singing it to everyone. <laughs> that's cute. She's so cute. She dressed up as a pumpkin yesterday just because. And that's the energy I'm bringing into this year. 
Um, so, a record um, of history of guising in Halloween in Scotland, 1895, describes people who were dressed in masquerade, carrying lanterns from scooped out turnips, and they would visit homes and be rewarded with fruit, money, or cake. I, I know which I would rather out of those three, but I suppose back in the day, probably fruit was quite pricey. <laughs> I'm like, give me money or cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's my performance done. <laughs> And in Ireland during this time, their uh, children would say, help the Halloween party at the doors. That was their kind of trick or treat. And then they would be given these little gifts. Um, and in recent times and as far back as 1890, apparently Halloween masks in Ireland and Scotland were called false faces. And guising tended to involve going to the more wealthy homes in the 1920s. Young boys went guising at Halloween to an affluent suburb of South Lanarkshire. Mm, that's where I live. I know. That's why I pointed at you, but you weren't. You didn't see. <laughs> Sorry, I was just texting. I was just texting my dad to say I'll phone him tomorrow. <laughs> You're like I'm learning about guising, Dad. Like sharp. <laughs> An account of guising at this time, and also in North Ayrshire, records a child receiving twelve shillings and a sixpence after having knocked on doors throughout the neighbourhood, which I think is quite a lot for that time. Or for mm. people who grew up in Derry in Northern Ireland, which by the way apparently is mad for Halloween. Like they love Halloween. They take go all I love it. In the nineteen sixties a Guardian article stated he recalled any, all these children asking any nuts or apples when they came to the door when they were trick or treating. In Scotland and Ireland, children are only supposed to receive the treats if they do perform a party trick, such as playing the cornet. <laughs> such as a sonata or whatever. I didn't Honestly, realize you blew Peter did. Here's one I did earlier. <laughs> totally. Totally did. Um, so this was usually singing a song or saying a kind of funny poem or rhyme or saying a joke that they had memorised. And I think that's where the song that I just beautifully sang that Eve's been singing um, came from as well. And going to door to door in disguise, quote unquote, or costumes remains really popular in Scotland and Ireland and other parts of the world. But um, trick or treat is certainly a North American thing. And that became more common from the 2000s onwards. So millennials listening, that's us. Mm. I just remembered something else that my mom and dad made me do. So like um, one year, I think the weather was really bad or it was too dark or something like that. So my mom, my mom and dad made me and my brother go out the front of the house. No, out the out the back door and then come around the front of the house to trick and treat our own house. Stop. That's, <laughs> That's quite so wholesome. <laughs> That's actually so wholesome. It, it, it is, but also love it. <laughs> It's like, oh. the kids aren't going out tonight, it's too dark. <laughs> I remember, like, I had some elite Halloweens growing up, and I remember one of them was, like, a Halloween party at my friend's house in primary. I must have been, like, P3. And there was, like, Halloween plates. There was, like, cakes that looked like fingers that had been severed. Like, they went all out, and that is my goal as a parent. Mm-hmm. Goal. See, my sorry to interrupt my mum my did that as well for every year for my birthday i'd have like a spooky themed like party and then you're and like why do i love ghosts <laughs> i know <laughs> no, i know 
I was like born in this spooky month, but like my mom did this one. It was called, oh, I can't remember something to do with Lord Nelson's eye. And she got all my friends to go outside the room and then we'd come in blindfolded and they'd get you to stick your finger in what was a, like, it was like a cut in half orange, but it was supposed to be like an eye socket. Oh my God. Love yes. It. Or like, I remember that being like um, a bowl of grapes and jelly and they said it was, when you felt it, it was eyeballs. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you remember those? Oh so fantastic it's just the best time of year so i'm going to talk a wee bit about the spread to north america from colonization sorry and you're welcome so the earliest uh, known practice of guising in halloween in north america is 1911 and this was in ontario in canada and this actually used the word guising to describe it and um there was actually photos of a young girl guising and it was very scottishly i know that's not a word but like inspired <laughs> <laughs> very celtic inspired and halloween in america is they probably do the halloween the biggest i would say like they go all out now and a town in massachusetts that had four thousand five hundred irish people one thousand nine hundred english people and 700 scottish people that is kind of basically where halloween started over there and in 1920 halloween was quite big there by that point and she said a lot of customs that we would have kind of emigrated over with them to cross the Atlantic to America and they fostered them. And then the occasion became something that is really fun and adopted by most household in the United States. And she also said this author that wrote a book about it and lived in this town, all Halloween customs in the United States are borrowed directly or adapted from those of other countries. But... I think they've taken it and made something <laughs> much bigger out of it. You know, I think they've made Halloween this as scary as it is. And I love that. Yeah. I, it's bizarre that how, how extra the Americans do take it, right? Because it's not like it's like steeped in the pagan traditions over there. It's much more a kind of fiendish holiday. I, d I don't understand why they, they love it so much. Maybe it's like a traditional hangover, I suppose. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, and like I said, the phrase or the, the, the saying trick or treat, which is obviously requesting sweets, is felt to have originated in North America and it actually seems to have came from central Canada. Then it kind of mm. spread throughout the north and western part of the United States throughout the 1930s. And in the early 1950s, most of the United States was used that. It was kind of found in variant forms until then. But kind of almost everywhere you went, you could hear people call out trick or treat. And people would dress up in kind of camouflage early on in Halloween in America. So they would wear like masks, long trousers, long skirts or big hats. It kind of sounds like a fashion icon. <laughs> so they would shout out trick or treat and they would normally be passed out coins for the treat. Um, and it was almost like gang payment, like as in like a gang would come up and be dressed in this camouflage and be like trick or treat and they'd give a coin. It's almost like paying off like a paramilitary. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> they're not gonna come after me. So not always used just for sweets, basically. And there's some postcards from the 1920s in America that have kind of vintage Halloween outfits. And they show children, but not necessarily trick-or-treating. But then into the 30s, these began to show. And uh, tricks were very common during Halloween, kind of pranking. Vibes kind of came out in the 1930s. And it was also associated with Thanksgiving 
1870, so kind of trick-or-treating or guising has been documented in, from 1870 to 1930 as Halloween, basically, when it wasn't Halloween. Uh, and this was before the Halloween holiday was truly formalised. Our Thanksgiving ritual, which is known as Ragamuffin Day, involved children who basically dressed up as homeless people who would beg for treats. And then that kind of just became Halloween and it all merged into one. Mm. This was this was only like in the 1950s, which is very recent for all of this. Mm. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So, before 1940, trick-or-treat was only used in the States and in Canada, but um, it kind of spread after World War II and uh, we, we've adopted it much like they adopted Halloween. I guess it's like because of the older generation, like the boomer, fat, no, the... Like the the like the war generation are dying out in Scotland for well they're de- they're mostly deceased now, mm-hmm. so it's like those type of traditional ways of approaching Halloween has kind of been eradicated. And if you don't pass it down through generations, kids aren't going to know. I think mm-hmm. still use guys in here quite a lot. Like people would, yeah. say, if you said to someone, "Are you going out, guys?" and they'd know what you mean, eh? Like, I but so. I hope so too. So, like I said, the concept of trick or treating didn't originate here, but we have taken it on board, and it wasn't common. It was known about, but not really common until the 80s. It became popular after E.T. was released. And <laughs> guising, much like the trick-or-treat, is going door-to-door to perform a song or poem or play your cornet, and it's to get <laughs> your treat. So we've adopted it, but we've kept the guising thing going as well. So we would sometimes say trick-or-treat, but sometimes we would say make demands with menaces. In Ireland, before the phrase trick-or-treat came over and became common, children would say, help the Halloween party. Now, none of this really makes sense to me. I don't know why, but they did. And uh, now most people would just say trick-or-treat and um, they're given sweets, which has its place, you know, but I do think there's a lot of fun in that as well. So, this is the fun part. (laughs) 
we're going to talk about all the origins, um, which a lot of it is Christian in origin, which I was quite shocked at. There's obviously paganist, paganist parts as well. So the word Halloween, as I said, comes from All Hallows Eve, which is on the 1st of November. All Souls Day is on the 2nd of November. And since the early Christian church, major feasts have obviously been huge. So they have Christmas, Easter, Pentecost. I've been personally, I know the first two more than the third. But they would tend to have vigils the night before that then began the feast the next day. So these three days all together, as I said, so that would be All Hallows Eve, All Hallows Day, All Souls Day. Those three days are called All Hallowtide. And this is when Christians would honour all saints or pray for recently departed souls who have yet to reach heaven. Some suggest that a lot of this is due to Celtic influence. And some say it's Germanic in, in its ideals. But it's been claimed that it's kind of a little bit of both. And both nations would have commemorated the dead at the beginning of winter either way. It's common for at this point when you were mourning the dead or, or kind of praying for the departed souls to be dressed in black and they would be crying out, parading the street and crying out a mournful sound and um, basically calling on all good Christians to remember poor souls who hadn't reached heaven yet. And this was called souling the praying for the dead. And often people would collect soul cakes and they would do this by going door to door on all hallow tide. So it's kind of like where guising appears to have begun is going door to door to get your soul cake. I'm not sure what a soul cake is, but there's a photo of it and it kind of looks like a hot cross bun. Mm, it's quite deep. Interesting. So while, while Christians were souling, they would carry lanterns, which were made out of hollowed turnips. These were traditionally used to represent souls of the dead that they were crying out for or praying for. Uh, and these are called jack-o'-lanterns traditionally, although that feels American to me, even though that is what it's called. And these were often called soul lights, particularly in B Bavaria at the time and in Ireland. And these kind of were used to help guide souls back who were lost back to their earthly homes and places as well. Candles would also be lit at graves on All Souls Day. Particularly in parts of France, libations of milk were poured on graves of your family. Food could be left out overnight on the dinner table for, for their souls. And uh, this was quite common in parts of Italy as well. The soul cake offered the souls themselves something to eat or the solars would act as their representatives, the solars going from door to door for the food, which feels like a bit of a con, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss the whole religion here, but um, <laughs> the soul cakes often were marked with a cross, much like a hot cross bun. So they looked quite yummy, not going to lie. So that's the kind of Christian roots of Halloween or what is thought to be Christian roots. Let's talk about the pagan roots. So a lot of today's Halloween customs uh, have been influenced by pagan customs belief, and these are particularly in the Celtic-speaking countries, aka Scotland and Ireland. And as I stated, it's been typically linked to the Gaelic festival of Samhain. So this is one of the quarter days in the medieval Gaelic calendar, and it's been celebrated on the 31st of October to the 1st of November in Ireland, Scotland and the Isle of Man. And this name means the first day of winter. So for us Celtic folk, the day ended and began at sunset. So the festival begins the evening before the 1st of November at sunset. And it is mentioned in some of the earliest Irish literature that is out there. Uh, and basically, 
Celtic Halloween customs were were documented right up until the 19th century, which I am here for. That's us. We were those spooky bitches. So Samhain marks the end of harvest season, the beginning of winter, the darker half of the year. And it's kind of thought, particularly in the Celtic folklore, that fairies, spirits, the dead, the boundary between us and our, their world and our world is is lighter, it's easier to cross. And it's that's, a lot, that's what I'm trying to say. And it's a lot of crossover with my Irish folklore episode, a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about. But they basically, if you go back and listen to that episode and I spoke about the other world that they they deemed as like where the fairies and stuff and the she went that's where the boundaries were much more thin and uh, we could cross over into each other's in in theory so this was aos she so that means spirits or fairies could come into our world and were particularly active during these days and uh, these were seen as degraded versions of ancient gods whose power remained active in people's mind even after they've been replaced by the later religious beliefs of Christianity. And as I stated in that episode, and you can go and listen to that for more information, these figures were more, were equally respected and feared by people at that point. So people tried to appease the the she, the fairies and spirits, to ensure that people and their livestock and their crops could survive the winter. So they would offer food and drink. They would leave this outside for them. Souls of the dead were said to revisit homes that had given them hospitality. Places used to even be set by the dinner table for the dead and set seats by the fire to welcome the dead. And it was almost like a celebration of the dead. There's a lot of crossover and I would love to do an episode on like Dia de los Muertos in Mexico like celebrating your, your dead loved ones. Um, so in the 19th century Ireland, candles would be lit everywhere. They would formally pray for the souls of the dead. And then after they prayed, they would drink, they would eat and they would play games. They were all very happy and joyous rather than scary. In Celtic speaking regions, the households used to have divination rituals. There was games and these were kind of spiritual in nature. So it would be future predictions they would try and foretell people's futures and it was often focused on who would die or who would get married and it was often apples and nuts that were were used as the the sacrifice for them there was also apple bobbing nut roasting scrying which is if anybody's not a full spooky bitch it's basically when you pour water on a mirror and then you look into it and you can see if you can see your future or anything like that so also egg whites used to get poured into the water which is something i've seen on tiktok people talking about and it helps to like predict the future or, or sense if there's any evil entities they would also interpret dreams at this point they could also light bonfires and have rituals involving the fire flames ashes and smoke were protective and felt to have cleansing powers in people's houses i love this shit i love this shit do you yeah, I do actually. Um, sure the, the egg white thing is to lift a curse as well. Ooh. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so fires were also felt to be kind of imitating the magic. They kind of mimic the sun. He'll try to hold back the darkness of winter that was coming. Again, used for divination rituals and felt to ward off any evil spirits. In Scotland, bonfires and divination games were actually banned by church elders in some parishes. 
and Wales bonfires would also be lit and these were to prevent the souls of the dead from falling to earth. And through time this became these keep away the devil, a common theme throughout all countries. And then from the 16th century, Guising and Ireland, Scotland, Isle of Man and Wales became big and the festival became part of, um, that became part of the festival, sorry, is what I'm trying to say. So people would guise for the Samhain. Samhain? You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people began to dress up, it's thought that this disguise was people actually trying to impersonate the Aoshi or the souls of the dead in Celtic and uh, would receive offerings on their behalf, similar to souling, be given these things on behalf of these souls who have yet to reach heaven. By impersonating these or wearing a disguise, it's felt that they were able to be protected from any spirits. In Southern Ireland, geysers um, would sometimes use a hobby horse, Hmm. which is basically a horse would take them around. Uh, a man dressed as a white mare, I've got it in Celtic, I'm not going to read it because I'm going to butcher it, um, would lead young people from house to house and they would recite verses and there was a lot of pagan undertones in this and they would say these verses and then receive food back. And if the household donated food to somebody coming to their door, it was felt that this would give them good fortune. By not doing so, you would have misfortune. In Scotland, young people would go from houses to with masks on, or like I said, blackened faces, painted faces. I'm not here for the blackface. I love all the other stuff. The blackface is too far, though. Um, and it was almost a bit more scummy <laughs> for Scotland. Instead of being like, it's going to give me good fortune to be nice, it's like the people going from door to door would be like, if you don't give me food, I'm going to be bad. Yeah, it's like it's extortion. (laughs) Literally, it was just people being wee dicks. Let's call it what it is. Um, and also in Orkney and in Glamorgan, people used to cross dress for Halloween. Now I'm like, Mm -hmm. was this back in the day where it wasn't acceptable? And people were like, it's for Halloween. (laughs) I promise. Yeah, I'm doing it for Halloween. (laughs) They were just being free and living their best life. Uh, In Europe and other parts of Europe. Dressing up was also part of other festivals, but particularly in the Celtic regions, uh, it's stated that it was particularly appropriate to a night upon which supernatural beings were said to be abroad. They could be imitated or warded off by the human wanderers. From the 18th century, malignant spirits would be imitated and by doing so, it kind of led to pranks becoming normal again particularly in scotland and ireland (laughs) and then this kind of became wearing costumes playing pranks at halloween and then in the 20th century england came on board with that they were like this is funny as fuck let's do it too (laughs) and then the the hollowed out turnips kind of became part of guising they would start to carve faces that were grotesque and then they kind of became instead of to draw the spirits or to give a light to the spirits they became I used to ward off the spirits so people would draw evil or scary faces in it. And I think that's when you when you talk about a pumpkin now, that's what you think of, isn't it? It's that scary face. Instead yeah. of like, hi, with a peace sign, it's like meant to scare you. <laughs> and uh, so these were used often and again, particularly in Scotland and Ireland, particularly in the 19th century. And then they spread across other parts of Britain in the 20th century and to America and then became known as jack-o'-lanterns. So 
a lot of the common imagery of Halloween that we would think of now, like when we would say Halloween and imagery now, I think of like black and orange, sometimes purple maybe, um, like pumpkins, bats, witches, like all of that stuff. It's quite gothic mm. instead of like the turnips and that. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> beige. <laughs> <laughs> so the modern imagery of Halloween is felt to be from a lot of sources but a lot of horror literature that was published in the early 1900s so that would be Frankenstein or Dracula the film The Mummy uh, imageries of the sc- of a skull a remind- it's meant to act as a reminder that death is kind of inevitable mm. and there's, trans- there's a transition in human life that's natural so they're not they weren't initially meant to be scary but I think we've just again taken it and ran with it Skulls mm. are quite commonplace in Halloween, kind of touching on this common horror theme that we would think of today that I love. I'm not going to lie. I love this game mm. about Halloween. Back walls of churches are often decorated with a depiction of the Last Judgment, complete with the graves opening and the dead rising, with a heaven filled with angels and a hell filled with devils. And this motive has completely permeated throughout this, um, this celebration this time of the year. And it's meant to observe that that veil, the veil between the worlds being more thin during Halloween. Uh, one of the earliest works on Halloween is by a Scottish poet who's John Main in 1780. He made note of pranks being done at Halloween. And he actually said, what fearful pranks ensue at that point. So, I mean, we've been annoying for a while. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, supernatural be- began. Su- supernatural events began to be associated with nights on Halloween. Uh, we would have referred to them in that point in Scotland as bogles. That would be ghosts, mm. and these were often influenced by the poets at the time. And one of them was Robert Burns. He wrote a poem called Halloween in 1785. Then the elements of autumn as a season began to be incorporated in Halloween. So what we would think of now like pumpkins corn husks scarecrows all the kind of leaves falling that's kind of became part of halloween and then death black cats witches kind of joined in after that black and orange traditionally are halloween colors and sometimes purple are the traditional colors of halloween so a jack-o-lantern as i said was originally a wee turnip a neep for us but these became pumpkins across the way because basically they were they were easier to get (laughs) yeah they were easier to source so fair enough yeah there's also a wee legend of a person called stingy jack and he was a drunkard from ireland and he apparently was walking home and began to have a fight with satan and uh, then was doomed to roam the earth with only a hollowed turnip to light his way there. Oh my God, that's awful. No, but that's where the name Jack O'Lantern comes from, from him. Oh. Very interesting, isn't it? Imagine casually having a fight with the devil on the way back from an hour. I'd be like, oh my God, Zinny, I just want a pot and noodle. <laughs> We're going to get a chippy, all right? Oh my God, Shut get So carving vegetables has been in this season in this uh, celebration for years in many different parts but like i said it was us scots who began the turnips the neeps and also parts of ireland 
And the very first carved pumpkin was in the States and it was the first documented one was 1895. And uh, it also became part of their Thanksgiving. I think they would have like pumpkin pie a lot. Mm. So I actually don't know what date Thanksgiving's on, but I know that it's close to Halloween. It's November, isn't it? Isn't it like November 3rd or something like that? Aye, close enough, like. <laughs> close enough. Close enough, fuck it. Close enough. Um, there's actually some turnips or plaster casts of really old jack-o'-lanterns that are found in Ireland at uh, one of the museums in Ireland, which is really cool. Oh my God, sorry, babes. It's actually the 23rd of November. I'm like, it's another oh. third. I'm like, it's a th- <laughs> well, you weren't far off. Not far off. Not Fair far enough. off at all. Also, there's the short story, The Legend of the Sleepy Hollow from 1820. Uh, the Headless Horseman with a jack-o'-lantern in place of his severed head. But apparently, in the OG story, there's a, a bit completely shattered pumpkin found next to somebody's abandoned hat in the morning. Can you imagine? <laughs> it'd be hard not to laugh if you're like, you've not got a pumpkin for a head. Stop it. <laughs> God. <laughs> So just to finish off this episode, I'm going to finish it off with a full story about Stingy Jack that I just told you about, about the jack-o'-lantern. So as I stated, loads of countries have carved vegetables for years for certain reasons, sometimes to draw spirits, to draw them to the light, to send them away. Uh, but let's talk about wee Stingy Jack. So apparently he was a drunkard in a lot of stories. Apparently he was a blacksmith who was kind of lazy and didn't give a fuck. Uh, and he tried to use a cross to trap Satan or some people say he was walking home drunk and bumped into him hence like why we were like I just want chips and cheese um so one story says Jack tried to trick Satan by climbing into an apple tree once he was up there he quickly placed crosses around the trunk of the tree or carved a cross into the bark and Satan couldn't come back down uh, another story says Jack was being chased by villagers that he'd stolen something from and met Sa- Satan, who claimed it's time to die. However, the, Jack tried to avoid death by tempting Satan a chance to bedevil church-going villagers chasing him. Jack told Satan to turn into a coin which he would use to pay for the stolen goods. Obviously, Satan can shapeshift and become a coin if he wants. And later, when the coin disappeared, the villagers would fight over who had stolen it. Satan agreed to this, turned himself into a silver coin and jumped into Jack's wallet, only to find himself next to a cross that Jack had also picked up. He closed the wallet very, very tight and the cross stripped the devil of his powers and he was trapped as a coin. Wow. In both of these uh, tales, Jack will be kind and try and let Satan go, but only after Satan promises to never try and take Jack's soul. But many years later, he died, as everyone on the planet does. Jack's life had been far too sinful for him to ever go to heaven. But because Satan had promised to not take his soul, he was true true to his word, and Jack was actually barred to go to hell as well. So Jack stuck, stuck in between the two, uh, so he said, how can I how how can I go anywhere? I can't see anything. How do I know where to go? He had no light. And Satan tossed him burning coal to light his way. Using this, Jack carved a turnip, his favourite food, put the coal inside it and began to wander the earth 
endlessly looking for a resting place. He became known as Jack of the Lantern, and this became Jack o' Lantern. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so ending on it was quite a nice episode and quite a nice note that was much less scary than my other one. I know that was really interesting, by the way. Thank you. Such good research. It was really interesting one to do, yeah, for sure. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I knew, like, I knew generationally we are spooky bitches. I know, we are. It is steeped in the culture here, though, isn't it? Like, heritage and stuff. Absolutely, for sure. Hope you enjoyed that, though. Quite a wee interesting one. It's now getting spooky season. And then next week is Pendle Hill. And then we'll be back to two weekly episodes after that, guys. But... Because it's spooky month, we're up in the game for this for this month. That was just us blowing our own trumpets there, but um... our own cornets. <laughs> Literally, that was very good. That was very good. But I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you guys listened enjoyed it. I did. Is there anything you want to add or or mention before we go today? No, just that um, I am so looking forward to Halloween this year for some reason. I don't know why. Same. I think I'm going to do a lot of witchy things. Yes. There's like, you did touch upon it slightly, but there's this witch's tradition where, you know, you mentioned about the table and stuff like that. You're supposed to, when you have dinner on Samian or whatever, however you pronounce it, you do leave a place for a, a loved one at the table, but you sit at the table for them and then you just like let them feast with you did i not say that i know you touched upon it but like oh, um, i was i was just saying did i miss that out because i definitely read it no no no. but the um what i was gonna say is i might do something like that this year oh do that it's a good mm-hmm. idea mm. i'm too scared and i don't think any ghosts want to come <laughs> and see me in hospital accommodation i think they'd be like nah hon. <laughs> no thanks not coming from the afterlife not, not in not even for a Mackie's. <laughs> not even for a Mackie's. Not coming over for that. But I am excited for Halloween as well. I'm excited for you and Adele to come over. I'm excited for our episode on that. So obviously, after they've came over, we're going. I'm going to do a bit of research on the history of haunted Belfast, but particularly Crumlin Road Jail, where we're going, and uh, we're doing a paranormal investigation. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So fun. So good and we're probably going to be quite hungover but nonetheless it's going to be so good definitely so good. uh but thank you guys so much for listening as always appreciate everything everything you do for us that's a weird way of working <laughs> that. i'm really tired i'm so sorry but please 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 we're on our knees if you listen and you enjoy it please rate and review us it makes such a difference mm-hmm we guys. Uh, iTunes. Well, I know that's not what it's on, but we always say iTunes. People know what we mean. And Spotify and uh, Amazon Music, if you listen there, because if you go over there, we're exclusively ad free there if the ads are annoying you. But please, please. Are please we? Listen. We're on iTunes, aren't we? It's a podcast app. I just don't know if it's iTunes, but we know what mm. we mean. You know what we mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah no and um yeah go and listen on amazon music if you want no ads but fabulous yeah we're very thankful to have the ads as well so uh, maybe people so do listen to the ads (laughs) 
feels <laughs> people listening less so, but we're thankful to have them. Uh, at, yes, no, every little helps. Follow us on social media. If you go to at as this place haunted podcast, you will get um, lots of memes, lots of funny photos, lots of videos. So go over there and follow us, and uh, we will see you next Ow. week. Fabulous. Sorry, my, my cat's decided to attack my feet while you were sitting. Oh. <laughs> she's, like, she's not having it. You're not having it tonight, honey. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And see you next week. Thanks. See you next week, guys. Bye.